Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome. Uh, midweek edition here at Miller & Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Glad you're with us as we talk the world of sports with you for the next couple of hours every Monday through Friday, with limited exceptions, one of which will be tomorrow. We'll get to that in a minute. We're on every day from 10 until noon, localizing and when we possibly can. And we'll do that uh, a little bit today, but uh, certainly talk about the conferences that both of the needle, needle movers reside in is what an night of college basketball last night really starting at 5 30 and uh, wrapping up at least for me at about 10 30 but five hours of high of, of college uh, basketball was um boy oh boy there's just so many different paths we need to go down and we will coming up on the program today full disclosure we've said it's going to bite us in the you know what uh we have to tape cappy before the, our show starts yes there's no getting around it cappy's on the air right now so we taped Cappy prior to the news breaking this morning uh, that the Sinclair Network is going to be... Now, they're calling it the Marquee Network, mm-hmm. but it's part of Sinclair, is it not? Is that what I saw? I want to get this right. Okay, well, you know the, the nuts Marquee and bolts. Sports Network in partnership with the Sinclair Broadcast Group. So this is going to be much like BTN and Fox. They and were a partnership, 51%, yes. 49%. I don't know the economics behind it or the, the splits behind it, but yes, there is a partnership. We'll tell you what that means. Unfortunately, we won't be able to ask Cappy what it means. Look, there's going to be a whole lot of Cubs conversation and White Sox. Uh, with Cappy, but this won't be a part of it. Where I do cut us a little bit of a break, is we just asked him about this last week. Yes, right. And he mentioned that he's under a cap. Who's Look, it's going to be a monumental upset if Cappy's not part of this mm-hmm. starting next year. But it's not until 2020. His contract runs out at the end, I think he said, of October, which coincides potentially with the end of the Cub season. At least you hope that it goes through the month of October, at least gets to the month of October. I would sign for that. Um, but we didn't have a chance to talk to Cappy about this, but we will get into it. Is there some uh, FAQ, uh, frequently answered question stuff that has uh, come out this morning, so we'll be able to answer some of the particulars about it. But this is by no means a slam dunk. I mean, look at uh, you would like to think that the Cubs have a big enough brand that they would be able to uh, persuade direct TVs and television and satellite companies to include that in their carriage. But so's the Pac-12, a pretty big brand. No doubt. Right? How about the Dodgers? The Dodgers in the same boat. The, fan, the people in Los Angeles, if you're not willing to pony up, you cannot see Dodger games. And I remind you, the Dodgers have been to the World Series the last two years. And it's still, you cannot turn on your television in Los Angeles and watch the Dodgers. Um I think there's going to be some concern. There should be some concern, Trent. Is it is it going to be who's going to pay for this? Are if if you're not a Cubs fan, are you still going to have to like we we called it a Big Ten tax? Yes, when yeah. the Big Ten network was formed, and that was my sole basis for saying this is never going to fly, and it was the biggest mis- um, no the biggest mistake of my life. You you know what that career you know what that is. Yes, yes. The biggest the worst take I've ever had was that the Big Ten Network's never going to fly because no one would be willing to pay that monthly tax if you're not a sports fan, if you don't care about the Big Ten. But if it's already packaged in there, you're paying it. You have no choice. If you're not watching. Right, you have no choice. It's like me with the 
I don't know, Food Network? Yeah. I watch the, no, I don't. Uh, but you know, HGTV? You, there you go. There's a perfect one. Um, we, we have to pay for it because there's no a la carte pricing. So we'll get into this. Unfortunately, we won't be able to get into it with Cappy because we had to tape it earlier. Um, he's on the air. Same thing might happen some point this coming fall when we take Paul Allen and somebody tears an ACL in a walkthrough or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, but it's better to have Paul. It's better to have Cappy. You're up to date on how we do those things. I don't know if you care or not, but you're up to date. But now we give them full disclosure. Absolutely, and I want to do that. Yep. So last night, Trent, I don't know which game to begin with. Well, um, I mean, there was just so many. The Duke comeback, the end of the LSU-Kentucky game, K-State-Texas, which you got to give K-State credit. They mm-hmm. held sway the entire, uh, for the most part, the second half. They came out strong in the final 20 minutes, took the lead, and never gave it up. It was a huge win for K-State that I think puts them back in the driver's seat now in the Big 12. They've still got that two-game lead after going on the road and winning a big game. But you're going to have to help me out with the end of the... Kentucky LSU game because you know when you first see it, yeah, boy oh boy, Kentucky got job. There's clearly offensive goal, and yep. nobody will dispute that. Uh, no, I, I think you could ask Will Wade, the head coach at LSU, uh-huh. and he would say the same thing. Yes, that we caught a huge break, but did they? Because here's my point, and and I, I cannot find a definitive. Where's Brent Bloom? <laughs> Bloom would know this, right? He, he he's quote unquote working right now and up, up up in Ames. Is he? I know what two eight four five nine six. Aren't the women on the road? Oh, that's a good call. I, I don't know. I, th- I think I saw that uh, they were on their airplane last night. I saw a picture of it. Um, so I think they're on the road. Anyways, whether he's or whether he's not. But my point where I'm going, Trent, is the kid on Kentucky, and I think it was Montgomery. I watched it a million times. Watched it a million times. I don't know whose hand it is definitively, but I do know definitively that the defender stuck his hand up through the cylinder. Which is legal. Why, now, that's my question to you. This is Why what is I that heard. legal? That is legal. As long as you don't make contact with the net, with the rim. Well, you touch the net. Or the ball. And that's the other point. He touched you, the net for sure. You, you touch can the do ball. that. Because there's many people believe as soon as that happens, it's automatic. And that's them. where I was at. Yes. As you can put your, as long as it doesn't touch anything. The ball's on the way down. Your hand can go up. Because we had that situation with Northwestern. In the round of 32, or the, to the remember, Gonzaga game, and it was in Salt Lake City. Yes. That I'm pretty sure of. Yeah. And the kid on Gonzaga put his hand up through the cylinder, and people went apoplectic because Northwestern, who was, I mean, that was remember that was the first time they'd finally broken that spring, yep. never getting to the tournament. They're in the tournament. They serve. They get through the first round. Now they've got an opportunity to get to the Sweet 16. End of the game. Fender puts his hand through the cylinder, nothing happens. But the consensus was, is it was missed. So I'm watching the game thinking to myself, okay, yep, Kentucky got screwed. Mm-hmm. But tap the brakes a little bit. Because two seconds before, one of your guys, again, I think it was Montgomery. I thought it was P.J. Washington. But it could have been. Yeah, I don't know yeah. who it was. Yeah. But regardless, it, 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 was, it was a wild cat who had his hand up. And, and you can see it's difficult to get anything definitive if there was contact. But the, the basket moves when they have that over-the-head angle. Absolutely. And it doesn't just move on its own. That camera, no, it has, there has to be contact to get the camera to shake. So did Kentucky get screwed? 
even if they did, it's it's difficult to feel real bad for them. Well, that's yeah. No, no, nobody's feeling bad for no. Kentucky today. Um, Can you imagine being in that state sports talk radio oh today? Oh my! I mean, especially in Lexington. That's look at that's they have Keeneland Racetrack. Now nah, you should say that Kentucky football is getting pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Kentucky football is moving some needles in Mark the Stoops. fall now. Yes, indeed. Um, yeah, no, it'd be it would be you know that in Louisville. It'd be well. one. It would be one call after another. But yes, in a way, should that basket have counted? And this goes to I think a bigger question in situations like that. You can review, but you can only review parts of the play. Makes no sense. Totally agree with you. But it's then ridiculous. you're opening Pandora's box. You know what? Actually, is that shot went up? There's actually a foul too. Can you also check that? Yeah, because that. if That's you're too far, if you're checking offensive goaltending, and you're checking if there was contact with the rim for mm-hmm. goaltending, and you're checking if it was offensive interference, you have all these components. Where does it end? Mm-hmm. And, and when you start to open it up with other areas, you go deeper and deeper and deeper. And with ten guys on the floor at any given time, you can probably some, find something else, another infraction happening sure you as you're looking at something. Absolutely, else. no question about that, Trent. Um, I don't know. I I I don't feel nobody feels bad for Kentucky. I don't think that Kentucky should be steam coming out of their ears because they had a bad call go against them. Right. I I think that you know, yep, absolutely it was clearly offensive goaltending. The kid caught a huge break there mm-hmm. when he put it back. But 2 seconds before, 1 second before there was clearly you say Washington, I say Montgomery, it was one of them. It was one of them. That, yes. that had their hand through the cylinder and clearly made contact with the at minimum with the net as you mentioned, you could see a slight movement with the with the rim and did that affect the shot in the first place? Who knows? Who knows? And it, here's the other part. It didn't cost Kentucky a victory. No, it would have went to overtime. Right, that's no. a great point. It was we were tied at 71 at that particular moment. LSU played really well last they night. They did, and they're a good team, Trent. That did you like the water skid? Well, how can you not, yeah. right? How can you not like Reed either? Yes. I, I mean, mean, you have Waters, who's just incredible talent, had mm-hmm. a great year last year, but didn't have a ton around him. Mm-hmm. And then Will Wade, Wade brings in a couple of five stars to go along yeah. with him. Like, including McDonald's All-American and Reed. Look, I started on the Big Ten last night. That's mm-hmm. where I thought I was going to spend my entire um Opening uh, open window, if you want the six o'clock window, better put. Um, even though five thirty was Purdue and Maryland, and and look, um, Purdue was really good early, but Maryland just took over that basketball game. Smith and Fernando, those two guys, um, Trent, they're 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 a problem. They are. This when Iowa sees them next Tuesday. Yes, this will be the first time that they've seen two bigs like this. Mm-hmm. Now that's one of the components that's good for Iowa. There's not many teams that they see that see well, two guys like Wisconsin, Garza and Cook. Wisconsin's got a couple. The kid Reavers and Hap. They're both, I mean, Hap's really good. Yeah, and, and Reavers is, I think he's 6'10", 6'11". Is he? I think so. Yeah. But there's not many of them. Nope, there's not many of them. But they still got two of them on their schedule, both Maryland and Wisconsin. I'm pretty sure Reavers is that big. Kid from Minnesota, right? We're Minneapolis, yeah. I think. Yep, that sounds right. And Because uh, he's got some height to him, too. But, but they don't have they don't see a... A physically mature man, because that's what Fernando is. So during the second half, during this run. Of which one are you talking about? Of Purdue, so Maryland. Games, yes. Uh, 40-18 in the second half mm-hmm. of the game. Mm-hmm. I didn't see much of the second half. I did. I can help you what out. Was, was it Purdue just going cold? 
That there was a lot of that. Okay. Yeah, there was. Uh, it was defense. It was they had no answer for the two bigs inside. Uh, they would throw the ball inside to Smith. They would do likewise to Fernando. And time after time, and Cowan, although he turned the ball over a bunch yesterday, um, he was finding his guys in the in the right spot. They had a lot of guys helping out Trent. This this Maryland team, again, they were down and mm-hmm. down. Was it six, eight, ten at at after the first twenty minutes? Second twenty minutes was no contest. No contest. And Purdue was on an eight-game winning streak going into that game. They were. Now, they have the easiest schedule going forward of the rest of the league. Purdue does. Purdue, yes. They they are set up very well when you're talking about that title race with mm-hmm. Michigan, Maryland, uh, Michigan State, Maryland, Wisconsin. You want to throw in there, too. Mm-hmm. But this team, I mean, you go back to December. They, they were getting beat by Notre Dame. They, just, they weren't playing really well. Then Iowa showed up. Does this team win the league? Purdue? Yeah. Do they with no no I don't think so no they, you're right they weren't playing very well can you pinpoint the when they blew out Iowa mm-hmm. was that maybe did that not season saver but uh, well they they came back the game after it got blown out by Michigan State okay and then they went on the big run that finally ended gotcha. last night what was it eight nine straight eight straight I think eight straight that they'd won going into that one so but it helped I think it gained them some confidence that sure at least against a, mm-hmm. a pretty good opponent. We can play this way, and it doesn't just have to be Carson Edwards. No, and they went against Michigan State. When Michigan State yeah. came in there, what, a couple of weeks ago last mm-hmm. weekend? They seemed to all run together, so many of them. And thank God there's so many of them, because I can't <laughs> get enough of them. Um, yeah, the, the, the win against Michigan State was really good. But mm-hmm. Maryland's on a roll right now, Trent. There's no doubt about it. But what, th- what happened last night, and I think Michigan's out of reach. I really do. And I think Purdue's out of reach. I'm with you there. But with Wisconsin getting beat, it was my opinion that Iowa had almost reached as high as they could go in the conference. And I said that knowing that they still had Maryland and Wisconsin. They still had a head-to-head with both of them. With Wisconsin losing at home last night to Michigan State, does that bring, and I think it does, the five seed back into play again as far as Iowa's, where they're going to finish and looking ahead to Chicago at the Big Ten tournament, does that bring that back into the conversation? You know, I, I don't even know if it's that important, the five or the six. It's getting to the four, right? Getting to the double buy. Yeah, I don't see that happening, Trent. They can't, you don't think they can catch both Wisconsin and Maryland? It's an either or. They're going to have to, ca- yes. I, I think they can catch one, and I think right now. <sighs> Well, they're only up one in the loss column, but Maryland's got that extra win. Right. Uh, They'd have the head-to-head if it ends in a tie. They would. Because they obviously need to get that win at home next Tuesday against Maryland to to get there. Looking at the Terps' schedule, this weekend it's Michigan, at Michigan. L? Yeah, probably. Then at Iowa. Teske's going to show up, and he's got to play, but he's got two bigs to look again. Okay, that's tough. There's two losses. I wouldn't go that far. Don't Maryland's be, winning both. What are those two games? Well, I just don't see you can say, look at Iowa, Maryland, put that in the win column instantly. Well, you didn't even think about we're that. We're looking for a path for Iowa to catch them. Oh, we're back on that again. Yes. Okay, so I now I know where you're going. Okay. So two losses there. Three of the last four at home. Ohio State. Win. The road trip is at Penn State. Not That's a what gimme. happened last night. Penn State's better than the record. Right? We've been saying it for weeks. I have no idea how that only won one game prior to last night. And, and they're they in a bunch up. of them. Two at home. Maryland has Michigan and Minnesota. They have Michigan twice? Both in the Xfinity Center, yeah. Wow. Can, Iowa can catch Maryland. They can catch Maryland. Now, can they catch Wisconsin, too? 
Obviously have to beat them in the Cole Center. Mm-hmm. That's a part of it. Mm-hmm. This is what the Badgers have left. So you're looking to get that double buy. Okay, I never even put that on the table, but talk to me. Because I don't think there's a huge difference outside of the way the other seeds break down between the five and six. No, you want the double buy. Absolutely. Yeah. I totally agree with you. So this is what the Badgers have. Illinois at home. They'll win. Yep. At Northwestern. Win. At Indiana. Mm, maybe. Yeah. Home for Penn State. Yeah, win. That Iowa game that I would have to get to catch They up. would, yep. And then Ohio State. That one's on the road. Mm-hmm. Maybe three losses. Maybe. That's a lot, though. I don't see three. I don't either. I, I think two. that's a stretch. Maybe So two. if for the Hawkeye fans hoping for that double bye to get there to the four seed, that does seem like the stretch. Mm-hmm. Get to a five as possible. Yeah, but I, I want the double bye. I'm not going to settle for the five. Right. The only thing about the five is better than the six is you, you don't have to wait around all day before the Hawks play. <laughs> there's a bunch of overtime games, booms, 9.30 by the time you're tipping off at the United Center. That's a good thing. I, I've been to the United Center for, it was the Michigan State-Iowa game, the late tip. Was it? Were you there? One. Yeah. Plenty liquored up for that one, and it was a fun day in Chicago. And uh, that was the infamous game where Iowa had the big lead. Looked like they were on their way to the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. And uh, Frey McCaffrey threw his court. Coat out onto the floor. <laughs> yes. Uh, and it got away from Iowa. Yeah. Roy Devin Marble well, was like, mugged during tr- the second tr- half. Tr- let's be honest. A lot of games get away from Iowa under McCaffrey in the Big Ten tournament. Against uh, Michigan State. Or anybody. Yes. Or, or anybody for that matter. <laughs> Usually it's a double-digit seed here as of late. Yeah, it has been as, as of late. Uh, so so y- you're drinking at that game? Is that what you're saying? Oh, at the United Center? Yeah. No, beforehand. Beforehand. Because I don't think that... When I was, uh, what was the last time? Oh, well, the only time I was at the United Center was uh, Virginia, Iowa State in the Sweet 16. Mm-hmm. I don't think you'd get a beer. Really? I don't think you could. Is that an NCAA rule? Well, I know in the Big 12 tournament you can. Yeah. You can drink there. Now, last one I was at was the Big 10 tournament in Indianapolis. No booze. Not that my life revolves around beer, but it kind of does in a lot of ways. I'd like to have one. Sure. 8.30 rolls around. Yes. That's Stella time. It is. I don't know the answer to that. And the reason I ask is I think I'm being shipped to the Big Ten tournament. I see. I believe that's going to be the case. I believe they're sending Chris south. Uh-huh. They're sending me east. Good place to be. It is a good place to be. I love Chicago. Uh, what else from last night? Let's do some Kansas State and Texas because yes. that game got my. Um, I, I was I was into that game. I was I did not see I did not see Duke fall down in the basketball game. I didn't see Louisville dominating the way that they did. It ended in time that you were able to see most of the comeback. And uh, Zion Williamson playing with four fouls for the, what, last nine and a half minutes of the yeah. basketball game. And, and Krzyzewski had no, bit, had no choice. He had to put him back in the game. And a couple of times, Zion maybe got away with the push here and there. Well, he's the player of the year in college basketball. You know, those I'd rather see him on the floor. Absolutely. Because look what it set up last night. Yes. Just remarkable. Uh, Reddick was unreal. Yes. Uh, Reddish, rather, down the stretch, was unreal. He did not... Did he miss a shot? Didn't feel like it. That's he for might sure. have missed one, but the free throws were huge. I love that little between the legs drop pass yeah. from uh, was it RJ? I think it was, yeah, Barrett, it was Barrett that, yeah. that, that uh, dropped that back to him and swish. The defense, the suffocating defense that they just continue to inflict is what they did time after time down the stretch of that game. Man, oh man, did they guard you? Didn't they? And Louisville, you could tell they kept oh, the looking up at that off. clock. Yes. Hurry up. Yep. Come on. Come yep. on. Just trying to hold on for dear life. Who do they have next? Uh, because is that a play again? They have got to be. The, the Trent, they're gutted this morning. Clemson, who's decent. Yeah, but they should win. Louisville should win. They should. But but Louisville's got to be gutted. I mean, if Clemson yeah. comes out and... 
you know, puts some, gets to them a little bit early. Wonder what kind of resolve they'll have after that one. But let's get to where I wanted to go, and that was to the uh, the Big Twelve, K State and Texas. Texas is playing exceptional basketball right now. So is Roach. He's a senior. His career is coming to an end, and he's one of those many guys that are sprinkled across college basketball that get to their final season, get to they change their calendar from January to February, and that's all of a sudden, holy crap. <laughs> this thing's coming to an end, uh, and they elevate their game, and and that's what K State's doing because they've got what three seniors and two juniors on the floor for crying out loud. This is it for K State, you know. This isn't going to be a this isn't a basketball team that you think. Well, if they don't get it this year, watch out for now. no 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 no. Wait, this is gone. them. Brown yes. gone. Soaks gone. Right. Sneed's what? Junior. 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 He's not exactly a build-around piece, though. No, but he's a nice player. He's a nice player. Nice yeah. player. Uh, I think he led the way last. He did. He had 16 last night. But here's the thing with K-State, Trent. Look at their bench. Their bench. Stockard, Neil Williams, and McGurl. They, there's not one of them, I don't think, that averages five points. I don't think there's one of them. Yeah. I mean, this is not... Since Jara went down yesterday, mm-hmm. Cartier Jara, that is a blow to this team because there is no depth. None, and they're forced to put guys in the lineup. And then once Weber puts them on the floor, he knows you can't count on these kids to give him much because they're just not going to. Came out beginning of the second half, and it looked like a different game because during the first half of that one, I felt like it was going about how I anticipated. Texas back part of the first half had the lead, and they were going to maintain it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just going to be that kind of game. Texas win by five six in the end. But down the stretch, just making play mm-hmm. after play after play. Seniors. You know, my biggest concern with this Kansas State team has always been... Well, it's depth is the answer now, but go ahead. But it's the offensive end, mm-hmm. where they'd have those lulls. And he saw that a year ago, even. They were pretty good a year ago. Had the big run in the NCAA tournament. But they'd have those stretches, those six, seven, eight-minute stretches, where they'd be putrid on that end. And it feels like, obviously with Wade back, that's a huge help. But those have ironed out a little bit more. Those bad stretches, instead of being that six to eight minute stretch, are two to three minutes, mm-hmm. and and it's a couple mm-hmm. bad possessions. But I that's see where it. you're going, yep. And that's they, why they limit them. That's true. That's a good point. I'm coming around on them. I, you know, I haven't been a big believer, but watching them again last night and watching just the way to gut out a road victory against a Texas team, like you said, that have been playing well, I'm a lot more impressed with Kansas State and starting to come around in your line of thinking. Yeah, I think I think they're good. All right, there's a little bit of football breaking news. And oh, I, I got to get to the toilet. Really? Yeah, this is bad. Well, this is bad. <laughs> what's, ha- what's happening at the toilet? You got to throw up? I'm going to puke. You go. Well, I'm going to guess it deals with the Denver Broncos. It does. And probably a quarterback? It, it is. Jameis Winston? Nope. They're going to draft Kyler no, Murray. Already, they've already made, they've already, this guy's a Bronco. It's done. Kyler Murray? Nope. He has to wait for the draft. <laughs> okay. Where are you going? Baltimore. Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco. Guys, what a Super Bowl. Yeah, it's Trent. So is Trent Dilfer. He's elite. <laughs> no, he's not. He's old. He's awful. What are they thinking? They're going to trade Flacco. What do they got to give up to get Joe Flacco? It doesn't say because they can't send. Now, I'm sure it will at some point come out. Mm-hmm. The trade cannot be processed until well, today's Wednesday. Maybe it's next Wednesday, until March the 13th. Well, you got a month to sit on this. Well, Elway's got a month to change his mind, is how I see it. Um, They they can't do anything until the new league year starts. Okay. Thank you, John Liebel, by the way, for for alerting me via text. (laughs) And then I open up my Twitter. 
uh, and it's all over the place. John Liebel, uh, good guy, used to work with him here now as his own marketing company. And I don't like it, Trent. I wouldn't like it either if I, I was like sitting it. in your spot. Joe Flacco, the drafting has not worked out for the Broncos. No. And you know, they're not going to take Kyler Murray because Elway, if he's going to draft a quarterback, he's going to be six foot seven. Somebody Brock in the Eisweiler, same vein Paxton as him. Lich. Yes. Big quarterback like him, a guy that has the big arm. Kyler Murray's not his type of guy. Yeah, Tebow. Thick yeah, guy. Yeah, Tebow wasn't the answer either. Uh, no. Uh, anyways, well, that's, uh, that's some interesting news. I think I know what you're going to be doing here during the break. What's that? Reading up on this a little bit more. Trying to figure out what they gave. Well, now, what do you think they would give up for Joe Flacco, who had lost his spot to the Heisman winner, Lamar Jackson, who's right. the quarterback of the future, uh, at least for a couple of years, uh, in Baltimore? Fourth round? That's about where I was going. I was bringing up his contract, what's remaining. It's like $20 million bucks. I think. they. He's got, what, one year 20-something, I think. So, and if you're traded, that you can't, re, you can't renegotiate that deal. 18.5 is the cap hit this year. Yeah, that's that's the rest of it. So And this is a, so he's got one year left. Well, then he has two years left. It doesn't say here if they're uh no, he guaranteed guaranteed at 20 and 24 and a half million in 20 and 2021. Mm. Well, other than the Super Bowl, he did have one of his best moments. Uh Joe Flacco in that was a divisional it wasn't the AFC Championship. Remember when it was they, the divisional round? Yeah, the divisional round where you're. I don't remember the guys that uh, that the eighty yard pass or whatever clock's expiring. Uh-huh. Just don't let him get behind you. And two Broncos did. Raheem Moore being one of them, uh, and they ran him out of town. You seem apoplectic. Over yeah, there. I'm not happy with that. No. Trent, I just uh, Joe Flacco. What is it with it? Why can't Elway get a quarterback? He's John Elway. You'd think that he would. Is he? Does he look in the? Trying to find himself? That's yes. hard to find, Trent. Yes, probably. I think that's what it is. He has his So what prototype. did they do with Case Keenum? You know, guys have their, their type, right? Yeah. Well, he's got his type for a quarterback. Yeah, six foot seven, Brock Osweiler. And he can't look Jackson around at him. Lynch. You know, if, if, if your type is blondes and there's a brunette that's good looking as Indian, you know, maybe that's, that's Elway. So does he take a quarterback at 10? No. Now he's got, but he's got to cut Case Keenum now, right? Yeah. No, you you don't take a quarterback at 10 if you're bringing in Flacco. I wouldn't think. That team needs a lot more help. That team is still a ways away. Defense is good. Not as good. They need secondary right. help. And you couple Bradley that Roby, with. Bradley Roby, to leave. they're gone. Safeties are getting old. Chris Harris is Wide a good player. Need spot. And it's not a great quarterback draft. I, I say no. That That's something where you wait. Maybe you try mm-hmm. to develop third, fourth rounder. Well, maybe they won't have a third or fourth rounder. What they gave up for Flacco, we'll see on that. But no, no, at 10, I, I certainly wouldn't be going that route. If you bring in Flacco, I think this is a step further than a step back. I, I, a, a guy that's just a, a roadblock for a couple of years. That's what Case Keenum was. Year two, Case Keenum, mm-hmm. and then we'll see what we can develop. I think Flacco, they're thinking more two, three, four years. How really? old is Flacco? 30, 33. He'll be 34 this okay. season. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it is a stopgap. It is. We'll take a time out. We'll talk to Cappy next. Again, if you're just joining us, uh, we had to tape this earlier. 
the news of the uh, Cubs television network. We'll talk about that right before 11 o'clock, or if we don't have time, then we'll get to it to start off the 11 o'clock hour, just what it pertains and how it affects you. Uh, but uh, the news broke after we had finished our taping with Cappy. He wasn't offering it up. If he knew that this was about to happen any minute, uh, he wasn't uh, coming forward with us. We both think that he's going to be a part of it. Trent and I asked him either last week or the week before what the, this new network that was being uh, discussed and rumored and, and what that meant for his future. Uh, but it's the Marquee Sports Network in cooperation with Sinclair Broadcast Group. They and you can go back to the podcast and get more details of this new, when we talked to Cap last week. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be Yes Network. Yeah, yeah. That's a good way to, right? good way to put it. They have the, the Yankees or the anchor tenant on the Yes Network. But here's the thing. I mean, what are the, when, during the offseason, I'm sure the Cubs convention will be broadcast. Mm-hmm. But what are you going to do? What kind of content are you going to get? Uh, simulcast, cap show, do a sports talk live type of thing that they but do would, on would NBC, NBC Sports Chicago. Would they be willing knowing that NBC just lost their anchor tenant? Because, look, the Bulls and the Blackhawks and the White Sox are good. Mm-hmm. Can't have the Bears, obviously. But if you can have one of the remaining four, you want the Cubs, and the Cubs just ran off with them. Well, um, and I, I do wonder also... 670 the score now is the broadcast par- radio partner of the Cubs. I believe so, yes. Maybe there's a partnership there. That would make more sense. And you can fill a lot of content yes. with that throughout the day. That's a great point. Does Cappy move from ESPN 1000 to the score? I would put my money on that. I, would, I thought that for a while. I think you're probably right. We'll take a time out. We'll hear from Cappy next. He's brought to us by Centurion Stone of Iowa. There's a lot of Cubs, White Sox information uh, in the piece. Um We'll come back and we'll hear that. Trent and I are here until noon. That's the way it is every Monday through Friday from 10 until noon, with the exception of tomorrow, Trent Connor, because you will be at Wells Fargo Arena. I will be. The wrestling, in fact, is underway right now. The opening of the dual tournament uh, started at uh, 9 a.m. We'll get an update a little bit later on on what's happening at the well and all throughout the day. Play-by-play coverage starts tomorrow morning. Starting at 9 a.m., we'll bring you the first round of Class 3A and the first round Constellations, and then a big day on Friday. Quarterfinals, semifinals, of course, championship on Saturday night. We got the play-by-play here for you on KXNO. Good stuff. We'll be back with Cappy. He's next. Centurion Stone of Iowa makes it possible. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. KXNO in your pocket with iHeartRadio on your smartphone. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back. As promised, we're going to heat things up. Off we go to the desert. I'm envious of David Kaplan. Uh, Cappy joins us. He's brought to us by Centurion Stone of Iowa. He's making his way to White Sox camp today, which I think he said on, I watched the show on Monday, Camelback. I spent the first couple of days of the week in uh, watching the Cubbies, and he joins us. How are you, Cap? I'm doing very well. It's uh, nice to be out here. You know, we start early in the morning, and it's chilly in the morning, and then it turns beautiful. So 
Uh, 69 degrees and sunny is a whole lot better than ice storm. Yeah, that that's for sure. Cap, I saw you on um, on on Monday. Uh, you and your panel doing the show from uh, from Cup Spring training. You know, it it you got to go back and jog your memory, and that's what you guys did to me because you were talking about the starting pitching for the Cubs, and you know, is it constructed right now? And sure, Darvish is a wild card, and he did do uh, a session while I believe you were still in the air making your way down there. But Lester Hendricks, Hamels, Quintana, and Darvish, if indeed he is the five cap there's a whole lot worse rotations in baseball than that five some i just listed yeah that five some if healthy that five some is probably top three four in the game so if you have that type of a rotation and they're healthy you give yourself a chance to win every time that they take the ball that's the whole key to this thing so if you do that and then your bullpen has some depth although the back end is a question mark because Brandon Morrow is injured and not going to be ready the first month or so of the season. You would hate to have six good innings in an April start out of Cole Hamels yeah. or Quintana or whoever and go, all right, we got a 4-3 lead or 4-2 lead, and then the pen gives it up. Nothing more deflating to a team than to play well for eight innings and lose late. So no. we'll see how this whole thing shakes out. Uh, Cap, I want to ask you about you, Darvish. And I know I don't, like I say, I believe uh, when he had his last session, you were still making your way down there. But I know in the last 48 hours, you've had multiple opportunities to do some intel on how it went. And as, are things as rosy as seemingly everybody says? What's the latest? What can you tell our audience about Darvish, at least at this point in February? Yeah, I've gotten a chance to watch him on tape multiple times and then at the facility, I had a chance to talk to a few different people, and they have said they're amazed with the confidence level that he is showing, how much stronger he looks, how free and easy he's throwing. He's doing his interviews in English, which is a big step for him. So, again, he's playing with a lot of confidence. But as Jed Hoyer put it perfectly yesterday, he's like, okay, look, it's great. It's better than the alternative where he says, oh, my elbow hurts, or I'm this, or I'm that, or I'm taking it slow. But he said, in the end, I don't care what happens in spring training games. I want to see what happens when he pitches in Texas, when he pitches in April, when we get to August, and how is you Darvish throwing? Because if he makes 25 starts for this team, they're probably going to be pretty good in that spot in rotation. So a few weeks back, back in January, the Cubs signed Brad Brock, who's had a, a nice career, yet it wasn't announced until just the other day. Reasoning behind that, Cap, help me out here, was it just simply guy had to go through a physical? Yeah, he passed his physical today. is Wednesday. He passed his physical on Monday. Gotcha. So they had to, once the physical was done, then you send the contract off. Because if you announce a signing and a guy has not, this is a true story, you announce a signing and a guy has not passed his physical, but you're assuming that he does, you're on the hook for the contract. Mm. Ah. <laughs> Interesting. So they, 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 for example, what if you said, you know, we, we have signed Bryce Harper, we have agreed to a contract with Bryce Harper, and it doesn't say pending physical, you announce it as a signing and it's a fait accompli, and all of a sudden you go, oh, God, he's got a herniated distance back and we're <laughs> going to flunk him on his physical. Guess what? You're stuck. Mm, or it, could be. Uh, David Kaplan is our guest, uh, ESPN 1000, NBC Sports Chicago. Cap, I know that uh, on Monday, at least the uh, the segment that I saw, the Craig Kimbrell's name was brought up. 
I don't know if this would be, you know, he's going to end up being one of these guys that signs a one-year deal and hopes that they, you know, that economics change in baseball or whatever, that there is more willingness to sign guys to a long-term deal. Is that even realistic to bring Kimbrell, who is a terrific closer, as you well know, uh, up in the conversation? Is, is, is there a chance that he could be a Cub or no? I would be stunned. I would. I don't see him signing a one-year deal. Um, Pedro Gomez was on with me on Tuesday. He came to the set, and he said, look, if Craig Kimbrell says I'll take a one-year deal, he goes, I think the Cubs will spend the 21 or $22 million it would take to get him a do, to do a one-year deal. But I'm going to be very surprised if a quality closer like that gets one year of guaranteed money. That would shock me because he started the offseason – and I watched the interview recently I had on tape with his agent who said, Craig's looking for a six-year deal. So he's not getting six years as a closer. That's absurd. But a six-year deal to a one-year deal, I don't see it happening. It just I, it would shock me. Now, if it, indeed he called and said, hey, guess what? I'm in. I'll take a one-year deal at $22 million. I guess Theo goes to Tom then and says, look, are we all in this to win this or not? Are we trying to win a World Series? Brandon Morrow's out for at least a month. We don't know what his health's going to be like. And we got an all-star caliber closer who just won the World Series who wants to pitch for us. Well, then it's Tom's call. And I would think he'd probably say yes, but I just don't see any scenario where that happens. Bouncing back and forth between the camps, uh, Cubs and White Sox. So I was digging around last night on some fantasy baseball research, and I ran across Lucas Giolito. Young guy. Hmm? Big upside, disastrous a season ago. What's the expectation? Just figure things out this season, take that step forward, a big step forward. Where are you at with Giolito going into uh, this second full season with him as a starter? I've had a chance to have him on TV with me multiple times. I really like this guy. I like his makeup. I like his personality. I like the way he carries himself. But as a pitcher, is he a number one? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Is he a two? For me, he's not. If I'm really being realistic about where I think Lucas Giolito is, he's a 4-5 guy for mm, me. Okay. Maybe he could become a 3, maybe, but I think he's more of a 4-5, one of those solid journeyman major league players who will give you, you know, good solid start time to time, but is never going to be the guy you go, boy, there's Max Scherzer. Because <laughs> <Right. laughs> as one scout once put it, when they traded Adam Eaton and they got these three players back and everyone, fan base, media said, Oh, my God, they just swindled Mike Rizzo. And this one other GM said, let me just tell you something. The next trade Mike Rizzo loses will be the first trade Mike Rizzo loses. He's not stupid. So, Giolito, okay. Dane Dunning hasn't shown you anything yet. Reynaldo Lopez has had his moment, but I don't think he's a one or two starter either. So, did they get depth arms? Yes. Did they get a superstar arm? Probably not. Mm. David Kaplan is our guest. Kaplan, I want to go back. It was Monday the news broke that Kareem Hunt was going to sign uh, with the Cleveland Browns. As, as you well know, the, the rumors were he was going to rejoin uh, Matt Nagy in Chicago. He was going to be uh, end up being a Chicago Bear, but that's not the case. Uh, Dorsey and his relationship with him when he drafted him uh, in Kansas City. Did the Bears catch a break there? What was, uh, going back to your show yesterday, Tuesday show, what was kind of the, con- or was it all baseball, or did it get brought up at all that, uh, you know, the Bears are better off without this guy. What was the feeling? Uh, I think the fan base majority, overwhelming majority, feels like the Bears caught a break or that they made a good decision, maybe is a better way to put it, to not sign this guy. 
I think there are some people in the game that feel, boy, he's a heck of a talent, and the Browns are getting a player who's got everything to prove, and they've got not much to lose. So, yeah, look, he's a, it's a one-year deal. He's a free agent again in a year. He's going to be suspended for half the season. Mm-hmm. Now, will he show loyalty to Cleveland if things go well when he comes off suspension? And they says, you know what, you took a chance on me, I'm going to stay there. I don't know. Most athletes, I, I think they look for the top dollar when they get that opportunity. He has made no money in his career. Right. None. He was making, what, five hundred grand. Look, I wish I made five hundred grand. So do you. So does everybody listening. Yep. But when your shelf life as a running back is the average three and a half, four years, that's not enough money to set your life up. So he's going to look to get paid. If he goes out and the last half of the season is an all-pro caliber back, and somebody says, I'll give you $5 million next year. If someone else says, I'll give you 10 I can promise you where he's going. And the Bears at the running back position with Jordan Howard, Tariq Cohen, two guys built a little bit differently. Injury's always a concern there, but wouldn't the money that you'd invest in Kareem Hunt better be spent elsewhere anyway? Uh, I think you've got to get another back. I do. I'm not the biggest Jordan Howard guy. Okay. I like him in limited doses. I think he runs hard. I don't think he's got breakaway speed. I don't think he's got very good hands as a receiver. He blocks well. He's okay. I mean, if you put him on the market right now and you said, hey, we are trading Jordan Howard, what do you think you would get back? Fourth rounder? I don't think you'd get a fourth rounder. I do not. I think you'd be lucky to get a fifth rounder. So he's on a team-friendly contract Mm -hmm. for another year. He's making the league minimum. So he won't probably be going anywhere, but I still think you need a upgrade at running back. And I think if they have an opportunity to do that, whether it be through the draft, and let's not forget a guy like Alvin Kamara was a third-round pick. The Bears are picking in the third round. Maybe there's a guy like that sitting there. They should get a really good player. So they got to make some type of an upgrade. I don't think they have the cap room to go get a guy like Le'Veon Bell, and I don't even know if his style fits what they want. So we'll see, but I do think you got to upgrade running back, Def- definitely. One more on the Bears scheduling news that came out earlier this week from the Sports Business Daily, talking about a game one of the season, the NFL season on Thursday night. It won't be the defending champion Patriots. Instead, Bears, Packers, and then back-to-back Thanksgiving games, back-to-back Thanksgiving games against the Lions. Your thought on the pieces of the schedule we're finding out? Yeah, from what we're finding out, uh, it's going to be Bears-Packers at Soldier Field, not Lambeau, as right. everyone had speculated, with the 100-year anniversary of the NFL kicking off that night. So Bears-Packers at Soldier Field on a gorgeous, hopefully, Thursday night would be amazing. And then I love when my team, the Bears, is playing on Thanksgiving because it usually means they're relevant. Mm. Um, I, my producer, Danny Zetterman, he hates Thanksgiving Day football because he said, it messes with family time. It messes with putting everything together. He likes his football on Sunday. Uh, for me, there's nothing better than getting up on a Thursday morning and we make Bloody Marys. <laughs> My kids are all grown, so they come to the house. We make Bloody Marys. We make a late brunch and the kickoff at 1130. 
that's how you start Thanksgiving in my house. Uh, I'm with you, Cap. Uh, no, there's no, it's my favorite day of the year, no doubt. Cap, last thing. What a day to gamble. Yeah, really. And, that's, and hopefully it'll be legal here in the state of Iowa by then. We're certainly leaning in that direction. I got one hockey thing for you, and then I want you to preview what's coming up the next three days because a lot of White Sox fans in our listening audience, I know that will be tuning in because they, they feel that they're shortchanged, at least on Trent and my show. We talk way more Cubs than White Sox. So I want you to preview that. But just a hockey thing quickly. Uh, hockey's best division. I had all but uh, uh, written off the Blackhawks, and I don't think it's unfair to do so. But boy, oh boy, don't look now. I think the Jets and the Predators are both out of range, but the Stars, Blues, Wild, Avalanche, and Blackhawks, that is going to be a hell of a fight. Yeah, it's going to be a great race. Now, look, they're not going to continue to win every single night. They've been playing outstanding hockey over the last few weeks. you got to give credit where credit is due. That's to Coach Jeremy Cullen yep. because I think everyone felt, yeah, he's a puppet. He's 33, whatever. Mm-hmm. I yeah, did. Okay. But he's done a really nice job at rallying the troops and, as I said, playing really good hockey the last few weeks. But there's still going to be a downturn coming. They're not going to win every night. And their playoff odds I looked at on Tuesday morning, I think, was still 15% chance that they're going to make the playoffs. So, look, I love the Hawks. I was a season ticket holder for a long time. I hope they make the playoffs and make a run and win a Stanley Cup. I'll just be surprised if they do it. Indeed. What have you got coming up from White Sox camp the next three nights, Cap? So we're going to do the TV show from White Sox camp Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. We'll have a chance to talk to Rick Hahn, Don Cooper, Ricky Renteria, and I'm excited. We had Jim Tomey on on Tuesday, and he gave some great perspective about you know the decisions you make as a player. It's not just about money. He said, look at me. He said, I wanted to go to the Cubs. They didn't have the money at the time to sign me back in 2003. He said, so I signed with the Phillies. Then they had to trade him, and he ended up going to Chicago. He said, my mom was sick. I ended up in Chicago where I wanted to be. But he said, I ended up with the White Sox. He goes, and 15 seconds after meeting Jerry Reinsdorf, I said, that's a guy I want to play for. He said, I accepted the deal, and now I work in their front office. Because you never know how a decision you make going in one point in your life affects you later in your life. He goes, the best decision I ever made. Mm. Cappy, great stuff. Thank you, as always. Enjoy the rest of your week in Arizona. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Cap. Look forward to it, boys. See you, buddy. David Kaplan joining us as he's brought to us by Centurion Stone of Iowa. They offer manufactured stone, natural stone veneer. If you're looking to update uh, either interior or exterior of any size, Centurion Stone of Iowa offers a variety of styles, patterns, and colors for every need. You can find them on the web, centurionstoneofiowa.com. You can check out their showroom, and I recommend you do that. They're on Northeast 22nd Street, 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines. Centurion Stone of Iowa making it possible for us to speak with the Capman every single Wednesday. When we uh, stopped out there, what, about a month back or so? About so, yeah. And walking in, just the number of different things that they can do. And well, as you know, with my issues that we had with the plumbing <laughs> in the house, yes. our built in is being pulled out and our fireplace there. Might be time to I get a name them for you. Oh yes, this is nothing but boost the value of your home. There's no doubt. I've seen it in your home. It is beautiful. Indeed, it is. We will take a time out. We'll come back as we continue on here. Trent and I take you until noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hey, it's Chris Williams. Catch the sports fanatics today at four. Listen from your home or office with Alexa. Just say Alexa, play 1460 KXNO on iHeartRadio. 
Guys, Trent Cotton here again for New Leaf Wellness for Men, where their passion is helping patients enjoy a healthy quality of light. A lot of different ways they can do that for you. As we age, start to lose testosterone. They have testosterone replacement therapy. If you're looking to lose weight, their advanced weight loss program, food sensitivity testing, wellness injection therapies, that's what I've done in the past, and a whole lot more. And coming up, their open house at New Leaf Wellness. It's Thursday, February 21st from 9 until 5. They'll have free B12 injections, special open house savings on NHT evaluations, supplements, and a whole lot more. Again, that's next Thursday, February 21st from 9 until 5. They're located over on West Town Parkway, 3930 West Town Parkway in West Des Moines. And you can set up your free, no obligation consultation today at 650-1358. 650-1358 for New Leaf Wellness. And don't forget to tell them that Trent sent you. Sports Radio in Iowa starts and ends right here. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. We've only got about a minute before we run out of hour, but we do have an addition to the guest list. Uh, Nice hustle, Trent Condon, uh, lining up Brent Bloom. Uh, noted, I don't want to say referee critic. He's a referee. He's a supporter. Yes. He loves his refs. He does. He also knows basketball rules. And yeah. well, I was looking for a little bit of clarity uh, on, uh, sure, LSU caught a huge break. But mm-hmm. the Kentucky prior to that, when the defender, uh, Trent says Washington, I say Montgomery. I don't know who it was. <laughs> There's a hand was, there. There was a hand up through the cylinder. So Bloomy will help us out with that. Uh, we're going to talk to Alex Halstead on Iowa State at about 11.20 or so. Then thought that today would be a perfect day for the first time in six weeks to talk a little college football. Not a bad idea. I agree. Bill Bender's going to join us from the Sporting News. We have another hour. Hope you can join us. If you can't, you can always check the podcast. It's Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines. Oh, Sports Station 1460 KX. You know, I've got two giveaways in the next hour because Ooh. I forgot to do one in the last hour. Shame on me.